you are bound by time as a human being, and therefore, you gotta prioritize and protect who you let influence you as a leader. Welcome to the Pursue Whole Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Maurer, and in this podcast, I share my insights as a leadership coach and former therapist. I sit down with some of the highest level leaders in business, entertainment, and human performance to help you pursue wholeness in your work, life, and relationships. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Pursue Whole podcast. Today, we are going to be looking at how your social network or those you surround yourself with impact who you are as a person and where you're going. So we'll dig into some of the research behind this and why this is, especially this very unique concept called homeostasis. And then I'm going to give you a couple tips and ideas on who are healthy people that you should surround yourself with. And we're going to be looking at three P's, which is you need to be around leaders who know how to be present, leaders who know how to prioritize, and leaders who know how to feel pain. So stick around. I'm excited for you to learn some tips and tricks as we go. A lot of you probably don't know this, but I used to be a personal trainer. And one of the hardest things about being a personal trainer is retention. Most research is going to show that only 50% of people actually stick with an exercise program longer than six months. And I knew that if I couldn't get people to stick around for longer than six months, there's no way that I'm going to help coach them and teach them how to live a lifestyle of fitness. And they're not going to reach their fitness goals. So I started experimenting as a trainer and asking people this question. Does your spouse or best friend support you in some of these lifestyle changes that you're making to benefit your health? Those clients who answered yes had way higher motivation and follow through than those who said no. Those ones who said no, they don't have anyone supporting them or they feel like they're on an island, they fell off almost right away as they were trying to pursue their physical fitness. So then I wanted to take it to the next level and I thought, what if we get these individuals to actually start training together with their friends or their spouses? What if they trained with someone rather than by themselves? And one thing that I found was that those who trained with either a partner or a friend, they stuck around way longer and had way better results than those who did not. So we have to ask this question, why is this and why does it relate to our social network as leaders? Well, there's some really interesting research I dug into a couple of years back by Dr. James Fowler and Dr. Nicholas Christakis. So what they did is they dug into this data from the Framingham Heart Study, and it was basically medical data and health data from thousands of individuals over a 32-year time span. Most studies don't follow people longitudinally like this, but this study did. They were looking to answer the simple question, does our behavior and our lifestyle impact those closest to us in either positive or negative ways? So the first thing they looked at was obesity, and they found that a person's chance of becoming obese increased by 57% if he or she had a friend become obese. Now, if you're a sibling, if your sibling became obese, you had a 40% chance of becoming obese. In marriage, if your spouse became obese, your likelihood of becoming obese increased by 37%. And years later, they were looking at things like emotion and happiness as it related to these social networks. And they found that if you had a friend or someone you were connected to who is happy, you were 15.3% more likely to be happy in your own life. So here's where it gets a little crazy. If your friend's friend is happy, 
it still increases your chance of becoming happy by almost 10%. And if your friends, 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 so that's three degrees of separation here. If they're happy, it still increases your chance of being happy by almost 6%. And I know that's not a very high percentage, but what it's showing is it doesn't matter how close someone is to you. It could be three degrees away. That social network has a direct implication on both our mood, our physical fitness, and our well-being. So I have to ask this question, who are you surrounding yourself with as a leader and how is that impacting you, what you believe, what you engage in, and what you do as a high performer? I've met with numerous leaders and I've asked them consistently, who slows you down enough to ask what's actually going on on the inside? And they often laugh and they say, I don't really have anyone who slows me down because I hang out with a bunch of high performers like myself who are constantly moving at incredibly fast speeds. And yet at the same time, these leaders are the same leaders who will admit to me, Andy, I'm really afraid that I'm going to get to the end of my life and I'm going to have success and I'm going to have fame and I'm going to have money. And as I pursue that, I'm going to look back at my life and have all those great things. And yet I'm going to have sacrificed the most important things in my life. They describe this process almost like being on a treadmill that they can't get off. They don't know how to get off. And what their friends do in either business or entertainment, these high performers, they're not interested in pushing the slowdown button. They reach over on their treadmill and push the button faster so they move faster and they run faster. So they can't help but end up losing the most important things in their life because they don't know how to slow down partly because they don't have anyone in their social network who is challenging them to slow down. So if you want to pursue wholeness as a leader and prioritize that rather than sacrifice the most important things in life, then you need to surround yourself with driven, wise, and emotionally healthy leaders. It's not that easy, though, because we have something called homeostasis at work in our development and behavior as leaders. And let me do a little bit of work here to describe to you how homeostasis plays out in your life. So what is homeostasis? Well, if you have a thermostat at home and you set it at 75 degrees, if it gets too cool in your house, the heater will kick on and it will bring it back up to 75 degrees. And in the same regards, if it gets too hot in your house, the air conditioning will kick on and it will bring it back down to 75 degrees. And the reason for this is because homeostasis is not about change. It's about a resistance to change to keep things stationary. And let me say that again because that's important. Homeostasis is not about change. It is about a resistance to change to keep things stationary. This is not good for you as a leader who prioritizes growth and success. Let me explain why. If you want to be emotionally healthy as a leader, and yet your network of influence around you is emotionally disconnected and stunted, they will pull you back to dysfunction. You could literally work for months by becoming emotionally whole and healthy, but as soon as you step back into those circles of influence, that community, they will fight to pull you back down. Once again, they're going to pull you back down to that 75 degrees because you're outside of the spectrum of what is standard and normalized there. You're pressing up against them, making them feel something when you get healthy. As you get healthy and you go back into that community, here's what's going to happen. You're revealing to them their own dysfunction or limitations or lack of growth. And do you think that they're going to like that? (laughs) 
Maybe, but probably not. So what they're going to do is they're going to push against you and they're going to want to change you to bring you back to this place of dysfunction. And this is why culture is so important in companies and why unhealthy cultures can never keep healthy talent because the process of homeostasis is pushing them out. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Beyond success in business and entertainment, beyond making money and being known, do these individuals, do these colleagues, do these friends live lives that you would be proud to live? Do they treat people how you want to treat people? Do they have empathy how you want to have empathy? And do they have high-quality connected relationships? If you can't answer these questions or you're in circles with other leaders who don't push you to be the best on the inside and the outside – You will be stuck and you will stay stuck and you will start looking a whole lot like that community of people you surround yourself with. You are bound by time as a human being and therefore you got to prioritize and protect who you let influence you as a leader. So how do we find the right kind of people who are going to push us towards wholeness rather than pull us to disconnection? There are three P's that you need to have in your network and your connections. Leaders who know how to be present leaders who know how to prioritize, and leaders who know how to feel pain. You need to have leaders and friends around you who know how to be present in the present. So how do we go about identifying if someone is present or not? I think the easiest way to recognize whether someone is present or not is to observe the lack of it or to observe how distracted they are as a person. Does a person check texts and answer calls when you're sitting in front of them? Can they follow along with what you're saying, or do you always feel like the conversation has to come back around to them somehow? When you're with a leader or a friend, do they turn and notice everything going on around them, or are they able to maintain eye contact with you? You see, when our brain is in a healthy state, it will filter out unimportant data from the world around us. Think about when you drive. You aren't taking in everything. You're only taking in pertinent details, and your brain does a really good job of operating as a filtration system for irrelevant data. If your brain took in everything, you would be so overwhelmed that you'd have an accident. If your brain is stressed, anxious, or you haven't practiced being present, that filtration system is actually bringing in irrelevant data rather than filtering that data. Therefore, you won't be focusing on listening to your friend sitting across from you. You'll be focused on every time someone walks past you. Hear me. Someone who is consistently distracted by what matters least in life will consistently distract you from what matters most in life. A present leader is going to put their phone away and give you their full attention. A present leader is going to ask you to tell them more instead of telling you more about themselves. A present leader is going to maintain eye contact with you rather than looking at everyone else around you. And a present leader is going to take deep breaths when they feel anxious rather than tighten up their body and hide their anxiety. They don't need to do this perfectly. None of us can, but you should see rhythms and consistency around their ability to be present. Present leaders are not afraid of what's inside of them. They can tap into a sense of peace and calm, and at the same time, they have some of the greatest clarity about what matters in this moment, but also in life as a whole. If you want to pursue emotional health and wholeness, then you need leaders and friends in your life around you who can model for you what it means to be present. If you don't surround yourself with these people, you will surround yourself with people who live a life of chaos. So find leaders who know how to be present and can inspire you to be present as well. Now, you also need leaders and friends in your life who know how to prioritize. 
Now, this is directly correlated to their ability to be present because if you don't know how to slow down or take deep breaths or pause, you're not going to have any power to get clarity about what matters most in life. This is because when we pause and breathe, it allows our logical, rational, prefrontal cortex part of our brain to actually come online. And this is the part of our brain that actually plans ahead. If we're moving from thing to thing or chaos to chaos or deadline to deadline, then we will for sure not be in our logical brain. We'll be in our survival and our emotional brain, which is not focused on intentionality and purpose. It's focused on making it through and surviving. To prioritize as a leader means that you can designate or treat something as more important than something else. And leaders who are in survival cannot properly assess what is important in their life. So how do we test this out and gather an objective measure if someone is able to prioritize or not? A leader's ability to say no is a direct correlation to their ability to prioritize in their life. If they always say yes, everything is going to become a priority. You cannot prioritize tasks, events, and people without the ability to say no to the wrong tasks, events, and people. A leader who is able to prioritize should be able to answer these questions. What's your most important objective this week or this month? If you could only complete one thing today, what would it be? What are the top five things or people that you need to say no to in your life right now? Who comes first in your life? What matters most in your life? And what are you not willing to sacrifice to gain success? If you want to pursue emotional health and wholeness, then you need leaders and friends in your life who can answer these questions and who teach you how to prioritize what matters most in life. The last thing we're going to look at is that you need leaders in your life who know how to feel pain. As human beings, we naturally run away from pain. If we feel pain, we typically do our best to numb it, fix it, suppress it, or distract ourselves from it. But what happens when you surround yourself with people and leaders who run away from their pain? Well, the second you feel pain, whether that's emotional or physical, mental or relational, they're going to push you away. This is going to leave you in an extremely lonely position because signing up for leadership is signing up for pain. It's opening up your door and welcoming it into your house. And this is the honest truth. Now, of course, you're also going to welcome in joy and happiness and excitement. But let me tell you, you also open up the door to pain. The pain of letting people down or being let down. The pain of disappointment or discouragement. And the pain of loneliness or isolation. And if you surround yourself with these people, you will begin to feel extremely isolated. And you'll have to hold all that in the inside because they can't handle your pain when it comes out. Leadership isn't about avoiding this pain. It's about allowing this pain to shape you and transform you as a leader. So if you surround yourself with people who have a very low pain tolerance, you are surrounding yourself with people who will stunt your growth, your development, and your character. Pain, when worked through, builds grit. Grit is not built by pushing through pain, but letting pain push deep into you. This is extremely contrary to what we typically hear in society for leaders, but if we can build our tolerance for pain, you will open the window to growth. So how do we find the right kind of people in our life who are going to push us towards wholeness rather than pull us to disconnection? We need to surround ourselves with leaders who know how to be present in the present moment. 
leaders who know how to prioritize what's most important in life, and leaders who know how to feel pain as an opportunity for growth. If we surround ourselves with this kind of tribe, we will not only be whole, but we will bring wholeness, life, and growth to those we lead. And remember, you deserve to be whole. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, links, and show notes, visit PursueWhole.com and click podcast. Before we go, it would be extremely helpful if you would please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you find this podcast. This helps me understand my audience better and serve more leaders such as yourself. That's it for me this week. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or other social platforms, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Pursue Whole podcast. 